0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church, entitled, Living by Faith. Enjoy. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. Why don't you just wiggle a little bit? Shake it. Don't break it. Move around. Wake yourself up. God, you're so good. Hallelujah. We praise you and worship you. We thank you for brand new life in you. We thank you, Lord, that you are immovable, you're unshakable, that you're perfect in all your ways. We thank you that you've sent your word and healed us. You've given us your word. When you gave us your word, you gave us everything. Thank you, Father, you've given us everything. We thank you for this time together, whether it be online or in person. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather through the internet and to experience you. There's nothing limiting you, Lord God. There's no no place you can't reach. All things are possible with you. All things are possible with you. With you, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So, Lord, we rejoice that our lives have been hidden with Christ in you. We're with you. We're in you. Nothing is impossible to us. And we praise you and worship you. You are God. And your word is truth. You're perfect in power. And, Father, you've spoken. And we esteem your word as truth. What you say goes in our lives and we thank you Father that your son Jesus came for us and defeated the devil for us and took the punishment of our sins for us he took our sicknesses and diseases for us he took the curse of sin upon himself he was separated from you for us hallelujah we refuse to be discouraged. We refuse to let circumstances talk to us and dictate to us our outlook and our inspiration and our countenance. We rejoice in you. Hallelujah! We thank you for brand new life in you that nothing can take away from us, that nothing can hinder, that nothing can squelch. Thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, amen, man, oh man, I've been having a wonderful time with my dad, my heavenly father, don't go through another day without fellowshipping with your heavenly father. Don't do it. Determine that you're going to fellowship're ex- to fellowship with him. You're going to hear his voice, you're going to experience him. You're going to be led by his spirit every day of your life. You know his voice. Yes, yes you do. Yes. You're born of him. Of course you know his voice. The voice of a stranger you will not follow. You know your father's voice. Hallelujah. You know his voice. He has been encouraging me to encourage you, to build you up in all that he's done for you. And I'm excited about that. And I want to encourage you, if you uh, did not hear the message last week, it's available. It's free. You can go to our website HighwayChurch.us. HighwayChurch.us, and click on the media, uh, media in the menu, and then you can listen to the podcast directly there. If you click on one podcast link, or you can go to the iTunes uh, store and, and listen to it there. It's free, but listen to it. All right, it's important we understand God's system for blessing us. God's system for building us up. If you, if you don't, God doesn't change the way He does things. God, God the body of Christ is still God's plan for humanity. Right. I want you to hear that. Now there, there, there are God can can adapt and adjust to things as He needs to, but His plan is still intact. His plan is to bless the world through the body of Christ. So you need to know that. You need to plug into his plan, okay? Uh, he doesn't want any lone rangers out there thinking they have all the answers. He wants, he wants uh, his sons and daughters to gather together and to worship him in a local church. God has given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers those are the, the ministry gifts that Ephesians talks about. Ephesians talks about what is the purpose for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip the saints. I'm not talking about statues, I'm talking about you, those who believe in Christ, to equip you to build you up in the reality of who he is. that's why uh, the Lord inspired us and impressed upon us to start this new work highway to provide a local church a place where people could come and be equipped by the ministry gifts apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers but listen if you don't recognize what you've got and plug into it and come ready to receive the word that god has for you you're not going to experience the benefits of what He's provided for you. Hallelujah! So grab a hold of each message that is given and listen. You're going to need to listen to each message more than once. It's just the way it works. Okay, you're going to need to listen to it. You're going to need to listen to it with your Bible. I like listening when I'm doing things, when I'm going somewhere, and but I, but I like to sit and listen with my Bible in hand and ready to to, to take note of anything the Holy Spirit would speak to me. This is a weekly uh, routine with with the saints, right? Because each week we're hearing from God. And we we don't want to just hear from Him and then go about our lives. We want to grab a hold of what He's saying to us, and we want to practice it. We want to move forward in it okay? We want to grow in the reality of it, and the way we do that is by listening and meditating on it, and then speaking it over our lives. This is how we live. We're talking about living by faith. We started last Sunday. Please listen to the message. We're going to continue. We ended with Matthew chapter 8 last week, and that's where we're going. Before we get there, we'll just review a little bit Okay, and then we're going to give you some foundation, some background, so that when we get to Matthew chapter 8, you can grab a hold of what God has said to you and run with it. That's what he wants us to do with his word. He wants us to grab a hold of it and move forward with it, right? He wants us to be unstuck, to be making steady progress regardless of what's going on in the world around us. We're making steady progress, and the devil can't stop it. He can try and make you think he can, but God is always greater. Greater is God the Father. He's living in you. You know, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ, and guess where Christ is living? If you put your faith in Him, He's living in you. The fullness of the Godhead is living in you. So guess what? Satan is no match for you. No match. It's not even a contest. Because Christ is living in you. Living by faith. Let's pick it up. Let's keep going. I know this is going to help you. I, I believe the Lord impressed me to share these things with you for your benefit. Let's do it. Living by faith. We, we like to de-religify things at Highway Church because far too often people have heard the truth through the lens of religious tradition. And as a result, the, the, the potency of the truth of God's word doesn't take effect in their lives because they've got religious goggles on and religious headphones on. So we, we encourage you, take those off. Why don't you just leave them off? Why don't you start living without them and let the Holy Spirit illuminate your eyes and open your ears so that you can walk with your Father and do the things Jesus did and greater things than these. Amen. Jesus. All of us, every single human being on planet earth has faith. You have to know that. Why? Because every single human being on planet earth was made in the image of God. I'm not talking about a Christian, non-Christian, what religion, what nation. Every human being, you don't have to believe it, but it is true anyway. Every human being was made in the image of God. God has faith in himself. He's a God of faith. Therefore, you have faith in yourself. It's in you. You don't have to go anywhere to get it. It's already in you. So you got to understand that when we're talking about faith here at Highway, when we're reading about faith in the Scriptures, the Bible speaks of faith not as a separate commodity from you. Okay? Not as something that's out there somewhere that you have to figure out how to obtain so you can walk with God. That's not Bible faith. The Bible teaches that God has given us faith. He put it inside of us. It's the most natural thing. We, we use it every day. So when we're reading and talking about faith, reading faith in the Bible, talking about it a highway, you got to know this, that, that, that we're saying, we, we're exhorting you, the Bible is exhorting us, when it says faith, it's exhorting you to place the faith that you have already in you, to place that in God the Father, to place that in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible mentions faith so much. That's why Jesus talked about it so much in his ministry. He was exhorting us to place the faith that is inside of us in him. To believe that he is who he says he is. That he is good. That he's for us. That he's our healer. That he's our provider. That he's our righteousness. That he's our comforter. That he's our shepherd. That he's the banner of our victory. Can I say something to you that that might surprise you? Uh, why not? I probably do it every week, right? Everyone is a believer, not a believer, a believer. Everyone's a believer. I didn't say everyone's a believer in Jesus Christ. I didn't say everyone is a believer in the Bible. But everyone believes someone and something every day. That's how we're made. We believe things. It's important to understand that. That that will never change. Human beings were made to believe God in his word. I know not everyone does that. But if you're not going to believe God in his word, you're going to believe someone or something else. I mean, we, we use our faith, we use our ability to believe every day. When I go home after, after this service and I want to watch TV, I will grab one of our 75 remotes and I'll, I'll find the, the red button and I'll point it towards the TV and I'll push that button. What am I doing? I'm believing that when I push that button, my TV's going to come on. I, that's, that's a, I'm exercising faith. I'm exercising faith in that remote. I'm exercising faith in that TV. Now, we have one of our remotes where the battery cover has come off the back. So, you know, what I did with my um, uh, innovative wit, I put rubber bands around it. So the batteries are being held in with rubber bands. And uh, you know what? So if I go to push a button on that remote and it doesn't work, The first thing I check is, are the batteries all the way in? Is there a a connection missing between the power and the remote? And lo and behold, that's usually what it is. And I'll just push those batteries back in, tighten up my handy rubber bands, and it works. We want to talk about Bible faith because we want to know, is there a connection missing? Is there something I'm believing that is tripping me up? Or is it something I need to believe that I'm not believing that would set me free? I mean, I'm convinced if I get up in the morning and I grab out of the refrigerator a piece of sliced bread and I put that baby in my toaster and I push that toaster lever down, that it's going to start glowing. And it's not going to be very long before that sliced bread's going to pop up and it's going to be crispy, begging for some butter. Now, have you ever had the, an experience? We know how toasters work. Have you ever had the experience when you put a, a slice of bread in the toaster and you push the lever down and it doesn't start glowing? And you, you whoa. What's the first thing you check? It's not plugged in. Someone unplugged it to do something else, right? You plug it back in and there comes the light. There comes the heat. We want to find, is there any connection missing between you and the power of God? Is there anything that you've been believing that's contrary to what he said? That's contrary to who he is? We want, we want you to light up so we can get some butter on you. So you can, you can be tasty. So, the world can take a bite out of you and experience Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. So, faith is in everybody. Let me give you a definition of faith faith is the ability to choose whose words. Are significant to me and whose words are not significant to me every one of us has this ability so faith is this ability God has instilled in all of us to choose whose words I am going to esteem as significant doesn't matter who they are I can take any words that I hear and, and esteem those words as significant. It doesn't matter if they're true or not. Now, from God's perspective, remember God is perfect wisdom. Remember, he's never taken any classes. He's never had to read any books. He knows everything in every book that's ever been written. He knew it before it was written. He's never learned anything. We have to remind ourselves of who we're talking about. Sometimes we treat God like just another person. And we forget we're dealing with perfect life, perfect wisdom, perfect love, and perfect power. So we need to see things from His perspective. He wants that. He's invited us to think like He thinks, to live like He lives, to speak as He speaks. So, when, when we want to talk about faith, we need to know from God's perspective, nothing is more significant to Him than His Word. You may as well learn this now. It's not going to change. It's always been this way, and it will always be this way. God has revealed His ways to us through His Son. And he won't change those ways just because we're not paying attention. You've got to stand up and say, God, I'm going to know you. You can't be a whiny baby. That's what political correctness teaches you is to how to be a whiny baby. you got to let go of that stuff and you got to be strong and say, Jesus, I want to know you as you are. I'm not going to whine about my past. I'm not going to complain about what I've been through. I believe you are good. I believe your mercy endures forever. I believe you want to transform me. You want to heal me. You want to deliver me. You want to lead and guide me. You want to show yourself to me for the rest of my life. Here I am. So from God's perspective, if we're going to place our faith in in the right place, in the right person, we have to understand from God's perspective: nothing is more significant to him than his word. Okay, nothing is more powerful than what God says. Not even close. Psalm 138, verse 2. We still awake? You might want to raise your recliner for the rest of this message. Psalm 138 verse 2. Talking about God's perspective. We're talking about faith. Faith is the ability to choose the words that I esteem, that I consider significant. God's The psalmist says this. He says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. God's perspective. That's how God sees things. His word is everything to him and should be everything to us. That's the one thing the devil wants to steal from you. If he can keep you from esteeming God's word, the devil can have his way in your life. It's good to know what the thief is after, right? If you don't know what the thief is after, how can you prevent him from stealing? You can't. Hallelujah. You have magnified your word above all your name. The New Century Version says you have made your name and your word greater than anything. The New Living Translation says uh, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. God's word raises the dead. God's word Puts new body parts on people. God's word is perfect in power. It raises the dead. It puts new body parts in and on people. Are we talking about God? Didn't Jesus demonstrate this to us as he revealed the Father to us in his ministry? It makes deaf people hear perfectly. It makes blind people see perfectly. God's Word brings into existence things that were not there previously. God's Word is quick and it's powerful. Just read through the Gospels. Read through the Bible. You'll see what I'm talking about. But as perfect as the word of God is, please hear me. If I don't esteem it, if I don't exalt it above my experience, above my own reasonings and the words of man, it will not be powerful to me. You've got to know this. God gets a lot of blame for, for, for stuff he never did. We are expected by him to exalt his word like he does. Because it's true. God's never been fooled. There's never been another version of him. So he he cannot be deceived. And this is wonderful for us because we know when we're dealing with him, we're dealing with truth. And we have nothing to be afraid of. We have nothing to worry about. If he said it, we know it's so. We've got to shift our thinking. We're not dealing with another person from, from down the street. We're not dealing with a dignitary from a foreign nation. We're not dealing with a, with a president. We're not dealing uh, with a businessman. We're not dealing with an auto uh, salesman. We're not dealing with a real estate agent. We're not dealing with a, a, a man, a woman, a, a person. We're dealing with the perfect one. You have to remind yourself of that. When God speaks, there's nothing wrong with what he said. He's never had to edit a statement. He has no spell check. Doesn't have He's never misspelled anything. He's never wrongly spoken or, or, or said too much or too little. Isn't this wonderful? What are we doing? We're exalting him in our own minds. He is all of these things, but we have to uh, purposefully remind ourselves of who, we're, who our Father is, how amazing He is, because we can't. We're people. You just go through your daily life and you start thinking of Him as, you know, your boss or something, or your parents. But He's He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's I Am. Hallelujah. So if I don't esteem what he says above everything else, that resurrection life, that put new body parts, power, I'm not going to experience it. This is leading us to Matthew 8. We're going to see in Matthew 8, there was a person who esteemed what Jesus said above everything else. And because of that, God was free to move in his life. And bring wholeness and healing to this man's servant. Hallelujah. Now this is pretty, I was thinking, as the Lord was sharing this with me, and we were having a good time preparing for this message, and he reminded me of something. But when we esteem God's word above everyone else's, the faith that is in us starts glowing. It's activated. It's like, ooh, that's what I was looking for. See, the life everyone's looking for is found by placing their faith in what God says. By esteeming his word as truth. Until you do that, you'll never begin really living. Until you esteem what God has said as the absolute, unchanging, immutable truth, you'll never start to really live. Hallelujah. There's no one else we could say this about. Isn't this good? Hallelujah. (laughs) So, here at Highway, we're gonna give significance to all of the scriptures to everything God says in his word about himself everything and and we're gonna look through the scriptures it's a regular it's a way we live to find scriptures that teach us about who God is and what he's done for us and who we are in him that's what his promises do right right when we esteem God's word above everything else, when we exalt and say God because you said it, that settles it for me. And everyone has the ability to do this. But you got to stir yourself up. Your flesh doesn't like this. Your flesh wants to be justified in its pity party you have to stir yourself up with your recreated spirit and say, God, I know that you said it and that settles it for me. So when we begin to exalt the word of God in this way, understanding comes into our lives. Light comes into our lives. I was reminded today of, of the glow toys I had as a kid. <laughs> I had a lot of different ones. I'm thinking of this plastic airplane I had. And you know, it just kind of looked white in in the regular light. And, but it wouldn't glow unless you held it under the light for a long time. So we turn the lamp on in my room and I'd take that little plastic airplane, man, I'd hold that thing under the lampshade right by the light bulb. And the longer I hold it, would hold it there, the brighter it would get. That's what happens to you when you exalt the Word of God. The light that's in that Word begins to fill you up and you start glowing. Arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. This is not a time to be afraid, it's a time to glow, baby, to shine. psalm 119 verse 130 psalm 119 verse 130 says the entrance of your words gives light it gives understanding to the simple that's me I need understanding how am I going to get understanding from God by esteeming his words. I'm telling you this is probably the most important thing you need to know because there are people calling out to God, praying for long hours, holding prayer meetings and they're not getting answers because the answer is not in long prayer meetings. It's it's in esteeming his word. Above everything else. Just Take him at his word. Just realize he is who he says he is and act upon what he said. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when I place my faith in the word of God, lights come on. Understanding comes and I begin to understand and see things that I could not understand and see before I placed my faith in the word of God. Do you see that? Give you an example, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, it says through faith, remember when the Bible talks about faith, it's talking about faith in God, faith in Christ for the New Testament believer, right? Hebrews 11.3 through faith in Jesus Christ the goodness of God the person of God the truth of God we understand so what if I don't put my faith in Jesus Christ I don't understand isn't this simple through faith in Christ we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. How powerful is His Word? It's limitless. There's no gauge for it. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Hallelujah. Let's exalt the Word of God. Are you ready? Listen. When God moves in your life he will always do it through his word this is his method of operation and he's not going to change it so we mess listen we may as well learn his ways right we understand that because he's alpha he's omega he's i am that i am when we come to him we change is that okay We don't have a bad attitude saying like, God, you've got to adapt to me. I've been doing this for 30 years, right? Come on, I'm just a little sassy today. Is that okay? Listen, we're coming to God. Whatever you say, God, I believe it. I'm going to change. Every time I talk to you, I'm changing. When I spend time with you, I know it's going to happen. I'm going to change. You stay the same because you're perfect, but the more I get to know you, the more I change. You've got to be willing to let go of what you've believed, of what your religious tradition has taught you, of what maybe your parents told you, of of what uh, the school you went to told you, of what your society told you, maybe what your government's telling you. You've got to be willing to let go of all of that and just say, God, whatever you say is now my truth. That hurts sometimes. I'm just kind of being, when I say hurt, in other words, you know, I gotta gotta be willing to let go of things I've held on to maybe for decades. We're willing. How are we willing? Yes, I wanna change. Yes, I'm gonna change. I need Jesus to transform me. See, when you come in the presence of his light, you realize he really is everything. He really is perfect in all his ways. And, and I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I need to change. You understand what I'm saying? I know we were remade in his image. Our spirit is made in the image of Christ. I understand that. But we've got a mind that needs to be renewed. And we've got a flesh that needs to stay in subjection to our recreated spirit. And that, that happens by yielding to him. By taking him at his word. God's word will subdue your flesh. God's word will renew your mind. Will absolutely break, destroy, shatter, and, and bring to naught strongholds in your mind. How powerful is the word of God? Well, in Genesis chapter one, we're almost in Matthew eight. <laughs> I think we're gonna Genesis chapter 1, we're, we're talking about, that. we want to we wanna get all we can get out of Matthew 8. But I feel the need to exalt the word of God so we can see why the, this man was praised by Jesus. You got to look under the hood. You got to understand what kind of engine makes this thing run. And it's the exaltation of the word of God in your life. Man, it's frustrating trying to serve God when you haven't exalted his word. It's frustrating. You don't know why things aren't working. You you, you read about it, you hear others talking about it, and you, what's wrong with me? You just gotta gotta listen, you just gotta exalt what he said. You gotta make what he said your reality. You gotta lift up his word above everything else you've ever believed. Woo! Go, Holy Spirit. I wasn't ready for this, but I'm here. (laughs) Hallelujah! Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How did he do that? We read that in Hebrews 11. With his words. you telling me God created the universe with his words? Yeah. Just meditate on that for a little while and watch yourself start to glow. Watch answers come inside of you. When you start to put God in his rightful place in your thinking. He's the maker of of heaven and earth and he's my father I guess I don't have any problems and the earth became without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters verse 3 and God said light be and there was light now in verses 3 through 31 I went through and counted but the phrases, and God said, God called, God blessed, happened 14 times in 28 verses. I think his word's pretty important, right? I think God's trying to impress upon us that what he says is reality. No matter what it might look like, this will open the door to healing in your life. Romans chapter 4 verse 17 says that Abraham, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him whom he believed you in God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. The New Living Translation says, God who brings the dead back to life, that's not possible And creates new things out of nothing. God wants to create new things in your life out of nothing. Exalt his word and watch him do it. If there's something that should be alive in your life that's dead, let God resurrect it. Start exalting his word. Start having praise parties in your house and lift up the word of God and say, thank you, Father. Nothing's impossible to you. You're the one who raises the dead and brings new things out of nothing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter 8. We mentioned the centurion and the, and the woman of Canaan, or the Syrophoenician woman. They're the only two people in the ministry of Jesus that received this high praise from him. All right? And last week, we noted that they, what, what these two people, who were very different, naturally speaking, one a military leader, another a homemaker, what they had in common. And we found that neither one of them were under the law, the Mosaic Covenant. They were not in the nation of Israel. They weren't living under condemnation. And we're going to see that the centurion knew, same with the woman, they both knew that they did not deserve what they wanted from God, but they believed he would do it anyway. It's true of all of us, isn't it? Right? They knew that what they needed from God, what they wanted God to do in their lives, they knew they didn't deserve it, but they believed he would do it anyway. Now, they knew that all was required In their cases, healing is what they wanted from God. The centurion for his servant and the woman for her daughter. That's what they wanted from him. They knew that all that was required for healing to take place in their servant, in their daughter's life, was for God to speak his word. That's all they needed. That's all you need. That's all any of us need. But they were the only two in all of the Gospels, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people, they were the only two that realized that. It should not be said of us, right? We're not in the position of the centurion or the woman. Why? We've got the scriptures. Christ has already risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit has come. So what, let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Now, before the centurion came to Jesus, you understand he heard things about Jesus. Okay? Sometimes we can read the Bible too fast and we miss the, the, the background, the, the, the facts that precede what we're reading that make what we're reading so powerful. Okay? Okay? So, remember, before before Jesus started his ministry, John the Baptist started his ministry. And he was preaching. And he became famous. And many heard his message. And he told of one coming after him that would baptize with fire. He told of Jesus. Jesus. Chances are the centurion heard of, maybe heard John the Baptist preach or heard uh, indirectly his message from someone else. In fact, in Matthew chapter four, before we get to chapter eight, I'm just gonna start in verse 16. I'm gonna hit a few highlights. This is before Matthew chapter eight. This is before the centurion came to him. He was listening to words of, about Jesus and the words he heard about Jesus ignited the faith that was in him so that he could come to Jesus and receive what he needed verse 16 the people which sat in darkness saw great light the entrance of your words bring light and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death Light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Think differently. Think differently, that's what repent means. For the kingdom of heaven is here now, it's at hand. So, this is being preached. And people are hearing this message. Jesus is traveling around preaching, change the way you think. Change your mind, change your purpose. The kingdom of heaven is here. Can you imagine how that would have changed things? Can you imagine how different that was from what they'd been hearing? How challenging that must have been for some to embrace what he was saying because it was so different than what they were hearing in their church. Verse 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Why am I reading this? This is what the centurion was hearing about him. And Jesus' fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people. Why? Because they heard he's the healer that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic, had mental diseases. Jesus covers everything. And those that had the palsy and Jesus healed them. He's revealing the will and nature of his Father and the fame of him him is spreading. The fame of the goodness of God, of the nature of God is spreading like wildfire. And there followed Him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. This is what was going on in the centurion's life before he actually sent for Jesus. It's important to understand because listen... Before anyone comes to God, there are words they've been listening to or not listening to about God. And we all come to God with preconceived ideas about Him. But when we take the words of Jesus as the words of God, it removes our preconceived ideas and we realize how good God really is. Matthew chapter 7, verse 28, it says, It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished, astonished, astonished at his doctrine. Why? For he taught them as one having authority, not as their teachers. You'll know right away when you're listening to someone who's been with Jesus. Or when you're listening to someone who's just studied religious books and got a training in their religious field. You'll know right away. So all of this, everything we've set up to now is to provide background for what the centurion experienced. All right, Matthew chapter eight. Let's start in verse one. When he was come down from the mountain, that's Jesus, great multitudes, picture this, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people followed him and they weren't social distancing. They're bumping up against each other. They're, they're touching him. They're, it's, it's crowded. It, it... Behold, in the midst of this crowd of thousands of people, there came a leper, a man with a disease of leprosy, which eats away at your body. We, we know that Luke says this man was full of leprosy. He could have been missing uh, parts of his face, parts of his body, he wasn't allowed to be around people and in public. And he, he comes to Jesus. Why? He heard about him. He exalted the words that he heard about Jesus and it ignited faith in him. The light came on inside and he realized, I don't have to live with this anymore. I'm not hopeless I'm not hopeless. There's an answer for me. There's a remedy for me. There's salvation for me. There's healing for me. And it's Jesus. He comes and he worships Jesus. And he says, Lord, if you will, if you're willing, if it's your will, you can make me clean. And I want you to notice Jesus' response. He didn't pull out a Rolodex and say, let's see, what was your last name? Oh, 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 uh, uh, Johnson. Hmm. Let's see, uh, uh, have you, uh, did you, uh, how many good deeds did you do yesterday? Did you clean your room? Did you, uh, were you nice to your neighbors? Have you, you know, have you read the scriptures recently? How long did you pray yesterday? None of that. Didn't pull out any Rolodex, any checklists, this man worshiped him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. See, the will of God was still confusing to people. It shouldn't be confusing today. Jesus revealed it to us. And in verse three, Jesus, without hesitation, he put forth his hand and touched him. The man didn't ask him to touch him, he wasn't allowed to touch him. Jesus didn't obey the social distancing. he touched him he touched a highly contagious man in an advanced stage of leprosy and he wasn't afraid he knew it was weak compared to the word of God he touched him saying I will One translation says, of course I'm willing. I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Why? Because God's word is that powerful. He went from a man eaten up and, and heading to death to a new man to skin that was soft and fresh, to a body that was whole and fully functioning, just by one word from God. Exalt his word in your life. One word from him makes you whole. And then Jesus, verse 5, he goes into Capernaum and there comes to him a centurion. And he's beseeching him. He says, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Luke's account of this says that this centurion servant was dear to him and he was sick and ready to die. This is very serious. He's on death's door. Verse 3. In Luke, excuse me, I'm I'm jumping back to Luke 7. We're going to stay in Matthew. But in Luke chapter 7, it says, When the centurion heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that they would come and heal his servant. Okay? Verse 7, back in Matthew chapter 8 now, verse 7, Jesus says unto this centurion, so really the centurion hasn't asked him anything yet, has he? He's just told him what his circumstance is. Look at the true nature of God revealed to us through Jesus Christ. What what was Jesus' response to the leper? He touched him and said, Of course I'm willing. What is his response to the centurion? He says, I will. It's my will. When is the church going to stop debating the will of God concerning healing and realize that Jesus revealed it to us? It's always his will for everyone to be whole. I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, listen to this. Remember, this man wasn't under the law of sin and death. He didn't know about that. He wasn't under the Mosaic Covenant. He didn't know, he wasn't a part of the Levitical priesthood, and he didn't go through all those things. He knew he didn't deserve it, and that's exactly what he said. Lord, Lord, he called him, not Bob or Buddy. Lord is a term of respect. He's putting Jesus, he's exalting Jesus in his own heart and his own mind. Why? Because you need to reverence Him so that His Word can move freely in your life. There is culture of disrespect that is being taught in our society. And it undermines what God wants to do in your life. We're people of respect and reverence, especially to God and to others, right? Right? He says, I'm not worthy, Lord, that you should even come under my roof. Jesus said, I'm going to come to your house. He said, I'm not worthy, you should come under our roof. But speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. That's faith that was activated by choosing to esteem the words he heard about Jesus. That was the difference between him and the others around Jesus who didn't receive healing. This man chose to esteem the good news that he heard about Jesus to the point when the one he he loved was at death's door, he knew that if Jesus could just say the word, the one he loved would be made whole. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He said, truly I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. If you study the history of his people, they rejected his word. They fought over God about His Word. A lot of Christians fighting today about God's Word. What a waste of time that is. Just believe Him. Just take Jesus at His Word and start acting on it. I don't have time to fight about God's Word. I, I'm, I'm too busy believing it. And Jesus said unto the centurion... Go your way. And as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Highway family, nothing is impossible when we take God at his word. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We are cultivating a lifestyle of lifting up the word of God in the midst of any and every circumstance. And that we will determine what our outcome is going to be in every circumstance. Not based upon the conditions of the circumstance, but based on what God has already said. That's why we're going to continue flourishing no matter what decisions are made by government, no matter what decisions are made, no matter how much toilet paper is left. We're going to keep flourishing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We exalt you. You are the one that we've been searching for our whole lives. Holy Spirit, remind us of how amazing you are. Inspire us to to stir ourselves up and remember who who we're worshiping, who we're believing, who we're following not following an elected official we're not following a, an earthly king we're not following an ambassador from a, an, an earthly ambassador from a nation we're following god himself the one who makes no mistakes the one who never has to de, uh, deliberate and ponder what the right or wrong thing is to do, the one who knows everything about everyone and everything all the time. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life